This is Terry Montesi, CEO of Trademark Property Company. Welcome to Trademark's podcast, Leaning In, where we look at the future of retail and mixed use and how we can lean into it while others are leaning out. Thanks for tuning in. This is Miranda Ozine, Trademark's Vice President of Property Management, and Monica Luera, Trademark's Development Project Manager. Monica and I are members of Trademark's IDEA Committee. The committee, which stands for Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, and Access, was founded at Trademark in 2020 to include more voices within the conversations that affect our entire company. Trademark continues to show its commitment to the ideals of diversity and inclusion, and we wanted to look more broadly at the shopping center industry. So today we are speaking with Jasmine Johnson, Director of Diversity and Inclusion for the International Council of Shopping Centers, or ICSC. Today we discuss Jasmine's background and her work with ICSC, as well as her plans to increase diversity and inclusion in retail real estate. Jasmine shares what she expects to see in the future and the unique initiatives ICSC is using to meet its diversity and inclusion goals. Thanks for listening. Jasmine, welcome. Will you please share with us a little about your background and your current role as the Director of Diversity and Inclusion? Of course. First, I want to thank you all so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this conversation. But my background. So I started with ICSC in 2015. I came to ICSC not fully understanding the retail real estate industry. To be honest, I had never heard of it before but I found it to be really fascinating, Um, just the impact that it has on communities. And before coming to ICSC, I worked for uh, DC Public Charter School System. And so I understood the impact that uh, retail real estate can have on certain communities, whether it was there or not. So I was really excited to jump in and learn about the industry. And once I started with ICSC, I was managing the P3 retail program. And that program was really designed to bring the public and private sector together to discuss issues that impacted communities. So my role was to serve as a liaison between the P3 retail chairs and ICSC, and I would help plan programs and just make sure that those volunteers had a voice at our conferences, whether at the regional or recon. So one of the first meetings I had to attend for the P3 retail program, I won't say where it was, but I walk in the room and I am the only Black person in the room. And I had never been so aware of my skin, of my hair (laughs) before that moment. And the meeting was fine. Everyone was nice. But when I left, I remember my supervisor calling to check in on me to see how the meeting went. And I was like, I was the only Black person in the room. This is is crazy for me. And she says, oh, yeah, you know, our industry is not that diverse, but we've come a long way. And ever since that moment, I was really invested in this whole idea around promoting diversity and inclusion within our industry and within our organization. And although at that time I continued with the P3 retail program, I was always looking for opportunities to promote diversity and inclusion. So whether that was making sure we had a more diverse slate of volunteers coming in every year or making sure we had diverse speakers, it was really a commitment of mine early on in my role at ICSC. In 2017, however, there was an opportunity for me to step in and plan ICSC's diversity reception, which we do every year at Recon. 
It was about a month before the event happened. I was like, of course I'll do it. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was really excited for the opportunity. Just started reaching out to members to really learn what they were expecting from that event, how we can improve it. And one thing I heard is that the diversity reception is great. It's really an opportunity to see all the people um, in the industry, specifically people from diverse backgrounds, come together and celebrate the industry. However, that was really it. It would be a room with a lot of black and brown people and there wasn't really an opportunity to network and promote the need for diversity outside of that group. So it was almost like we were preaching to the choir. And one of our members asked, you know, it would really be great if we can have some ICSC board of trustees coming in to meet with the members and people attending this conference and to learn more about what we're doing and just to give us an opportunity to network with them. I didn't know a lot of board members at the time, but I did reach out to one board member uh, Lori Mahowal, who's with Target, and asked her if she can help get some board members there. And she's been so supportive ever since, you know, I've been doing this work. She said, of course, she reached out to some of the board of trustees and they showed up and they networked, they were hosts, they were walking up to people who may have been there by themselves to really make sure they felt, you know, that they were part of what was happening at, at Recon. They helped them network and connect with other professionals in the room. And it was a really successful event. And then later on that year, I was asked to lead ICSC's very first diversity initiative. So that's how we ended up here today. That's awesome, Jasmine. And I love that you were so uh, tenacious in sort of pushing through. You've shared some obstacles, but what do you foresee or what do you think has been or will be your biggest obstacle in this role? I have to say, I believe our industry along um, with the country turned a corner last year. And of course it was due to to some unfortunate circumstances, Um, but the racially charged events like the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, I think it triggered a renewed discussion around race relations, specifically in the corporate setting. Some historically white-led organizations and institutions have been challenged to, I think, examine um, the intentionality behind their policies and practices around not only diversity, but more importantly, inclusion. So I think moving forward, my biggest hurdle is maintaining momentum because new cycles change. You know, I was on a call with a friend last week and he goes, what happened with the George Floyd case? Because it's not top of mind anymore. It's not on the news. It's not um, in our social media feeds. So it's really important for us to make sure that all of those things that we felt last year, all of those emotions that we all experienced last year, It continues to drive change within our organizations. I think that's the biggest hurdle moving forward today. It's just that momentum. Yeah. Thank you for that. We've heard a little bit about you and your role. So let's kind of shift to our topic. So previously, you mentioned diversity and inclusion. And I'd like to hear your definition of both of those terms. My opinion, diversity is the mix of differences, including our race and gender, sexual orientation, abilities, it's all of those things that makes us different. And inclusion is really creating an environment in which those differences are valued and are really used to drive change and innovation within an organization. Outside of the diversity reception that ICSC has previously put on, what else has ICSC done or how are they approaching diversity and inclusion? That's a good question. So when I first started with ICSC back in 2015, there was one woman in the senior leadership role 
uh, within ICSC, and that was Betsy Laird, and she led our public policy team. Today, uh, 62% of our senior leaders are women. So a complete turnaround. And that's really thanks to, to our CEO, Tom McGee, who's really intentional about hiring and creating a more inclusive environment within our organization. Diversity and inclusion is one of ICSC's four core values. Uh, and we are really committed as an organization to increasing the numbers of um, diverse voices that we have on our stages and within our volunteer leadership. In December, ICSC welcomed seven new board of trustee members who identify as either women or racially diverse. On top of that, all of our initiatives are, are member driven. For example, Miranda serves on our DNI working group. And the very core purpose of that DNI working group is to really drive and inform ICSC's decisions um, when it comes to programming other initiatives that we are introducing that have a direct impact on our members and, and their companies. ICSC is some of those creative things that they're working on is focused on the increasing diversity in commercial real estate and specifically the shopping center industry. Can you tell us about some of these initiatives and their hopeful outcomes? Yes, this is why I get up every morning. <laughs> so developing industry talent is a huge priority for ICSC and the ICSC Foundation. A few years ago, the foundation introduced a new program called the Talent Incubator Project. And the intentions of that program is, again, to grow uh, and develop the talent pool within our industry. And our team does this through um, what we call the four ships, and that's scholarships mentorships, university partnerships, and internships. Last year, the foundation awarded $340,000 in scholarships to undergraduate and graduate students interested in pursuing a career in commercial real estate. And also during that same year, the foundation provided mentorship to 100 college students who are interested in the industry. And we know that that mentorship can make or break a student's commitment to our industry, that it really helps them to navigate the industry, the network, and really having a better understanding of the types of careers that they can pursue. So we are really excited about the mentorship program. It's grown significantly. I think the first year we served 16 students, the following year is around 50, 55, and now we're up to 100. We're really hoping it continues to grow. But our latest talent initiative is the Launch Academy. And the Launch Academy was really designed to prepare racially diverse students for a career in retail real estate. And before I go on to share more about the Launch Academy, I do want to say that all of the four ships that I mentioned previously are rooted in diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's really at the core of everything that the foundation does. The Launch Academy, again, is Really, we're, we're recruiting students and we're developing students for these careers in retail real estate. And students receive a paid internship at one of ICSC's leading member companies, a mentor, and access to ICSC's membership. So every student that is accepted to this program will receive an ICSC membership. And then they also will be able to attend learning labs taught by ICSC members and industry leaders. So we're really excited about the program because that's the one thing I, I believe that makes this internship program unique is that um, we're really focusing on retail real estate. So by the time they finish at the end of the summer, um, they will have a clear understanding of not only the industry, but the careers that they can pursue um, within the industry. 
When we recruited for this program, we looked all over the country. So we recruited students from HBCUs, minority, other minority-serving institutions, and of course, we engaged our university partnerships that I mentioned earlier. And these students are pursuing degrees. Some of them are pursuing real estate degrees. Others are maybe in finance or business administration, and others are pursuing um, related disciplines. But I have to tell you that we are so excited by the, the success of this program. When we first introduced the program, our goal was to secure seven to 10 internship opportunities. Today, we're at 34 opportunities at 22 companies in 31 cities across the country. So again, we were not um, expecting our member companies to jump on board the way they did, but we were so thankful that they did. If a company is interested in learning a little bit more about the Launch Academy, do they just go to the ICSE website or what's the best way for them to look at getting involved? Yes, they can go to the ICSE website and um, put in Launch Academy in the search engine, or they can contact me uh, at jjohnson at icsc.com. That's great. I wish that was available when I was in school and trying to figure out what I was doing. Yeah, Kind of fell into retail. It's great to know that that's out there. Along those lines, Monica, I'm just really happy that it's something that Trademark is going to pursue also. And I know that we've reached out to, to Jasmine, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited to have you all on board. We really want to expose the students to as much as, of the industry as possible. So another thing that we're asking um, with the sponsor companies, because we have all types of sponsor companies. So we have broker firms, we have um, developers, investment companies. So we're asking the, the companies to also participate in summer learning labs to really teach the students about their companies and the work that they do for the industry. Because we hear that all the time, right? That people just fall into the industry. And we really want to make sure that these students are prepared to be successful. So they need to have a clear understanding of the industry, but the network is so important. So as they're getting to learn about the companies, they're also getting to learn who's leading these companies and potential contacts that they can maybe engage as they prepare for their careers in the industry. So Jasmine, I certainly feel like your passion when you talk about the topics of diversity and inclusion And I'm just wondering, from your perspective, why is this topic of diversity and inclusion so important in the retail development world? So the University of Georgia releases a study every year, and it really talks to the buying power of minority communities. In 2019, African Americans, Native Americans, Asian Americans, and Hispanics had $3.9 trillion in buying power. During that same year, the LGBT community had $3.7 trillion in buying power. And the year before, in 2018, adults with disabilities had $490 billion in spending power, or buying power, I'm sorry. Those numbers tell me that this conversation about diversity and inclusion is not just the right thing, but it's necessary for our industry. We have to do a better job of attracting talent that looks like the communities we serve. And I think most importantly, their input must inform decisions we make regarding projects um, and their knowledge and experience are crucial in helping us innovate and problem solve. I have to say, if companies are are not taking this seriously, they're literally leaving money on the table. Discussing the the retail world, when it comes to the the future of brick and mortar, because it's such an important part of retail, um, and especially following such a difficult year. 
How do you see ICSC's role in helping retail move forward? Brick and mortar stores are a vital part of every community. Um, and the pandemic has uh, been really hard on the retail, restaurant, and service sector, specifically due to the government mandates uh, protecting the health and safety of, of citizens. So ICSC will continue to work to share the message of their importance in our communities. Um, at the end of 2020, Congress passed a $900 billion COVID relief package, uh, in addition to the annual omnibus spending bill that will go a long way in supporting retail real estate. ICSC is influential in securing provisions in the bill that will improve the economy, uh, help small businesses, and bring members the relief they need. As we welcome a new administration to the White House, ICSC continues to advocate for additional relief for small businesses, stimulus checks to further promote consumer spending, and other remedies to help the industry rebound. So ICSE was an underwriter for a Crew Network benchmark study. And for our listeners who are not aware of Crew Network, they are a global organization who is focused on transforming the commercial real estate industry by advancing women globally. And the way that they do that is through business networking, leadership development, career outreach, and industry research. ICSE participated as an underwriter for the 2020 benchmark study. And commercial real estate is characterized as one of the least diverse industries in the U.S., if that stat does not change in the next five to 10 years, what do you see as the long-term consequences for commercial real estate? Our consumer base will continue to be more diverse than our workforce, uh, which means we will be even less equipped to understand the needs of our consumers. Also, studies show that millennials and Generation Z value diversity and inclusion, and they want to work for employers who prioritize and are deliberate about their DNI efforts. If we haven't figured it out within the next five to 10 years, we will have a hard time attracting the most talented people to our industry. In terms of recruiting these diverse teams, what measures can companies introduce to ensure that the recruitment and hiring processes are inclusive as possible? I think leaders must remember that diversity and inclusion are not one and the same and they aren't interchangeable. If you haven't established an inclusive workplace culture, a culture that truly seeks out and values the perspectives of all people, then your diversity recruitment efforts will fail. So my advice is to fix your culture first. And then once you've done that, companies need to really assess their recruitment and hiring practices. Check out your data. Who have you hired lately? Um, how do you find them? Are they still with the company? Once you've done that and you have a better understanding of your processes, you should have a better idea of where you're falling short. There's no one-size-fits-all approach to this work. What worked for one company may not work for another. And that's why it's so important for leaders to take an honest look at their companies and grow from there. So Jasmine, in your opinion, how much progress in diversity and inclusion have you seen in the world of commercial real estate? And has there been enough? Um, there's definitely been progress. There are more women in the C-suite than there were 10 years ago. However, I don't think there would be a need for this conversation if, if there were enough progress. We don't see the same levels of progress when it comes to Black and Brown professionals. According to the Project REAP website, minorities make up less than 2% of commercial real estate professionals at the management level. And that's all minorities. That's, just, that's not just African-American. That's, that's all minority groups only make up 2% at the management level. And that's very much in line with the crew benchmark study and the findings that they were able to find on women and diversity and commercial real estate. Thanks for that. That's really good information, Jasmine. 
Before we end today, is there anything that we didn't cover about diversity and inclusion that you want to let our listeners know about? I just encourage um, your listeners to find an opportunity to, to get involved. I think we all have an opportunity to make change within our industry. We rely heavily on our leaders to, to support our efforts, but the truth of the matter is we all have a role to play, whether that's through mentorship or reaching out to different universities to expose students to the retail real estate industry or commercial real estate. Uh, we really all can make a difference. And um, ICSC has a ton of opportunities for our members to get involved with students and to support our talent initiatives. So if it's something you want to learn more about, please feel free to reach out to me. Again, my email is jjohnson at icsc.com. And if I can't uh, help you to get involved, I will definitely connect you to a colleague who will be more than happy uh, to get you involved in their project. Jasmine, it's been a great discussion. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss one. To learn more about Trademark Property Company, visit TrademarkProperty.com.